Good morning, church. It is a joy to be with you all on this special Sunday, which we have decided to call Arts and Spirituality Sunday, formerly known as Rooms with a View Sunday, sometimes known as Bloody Mary Sunday. Um, and whatever you celebrate, it's a joy to be with you. But the real joy for me has actually been in preparing for this Sunday, because as those of you who have been here at church throughout this week know, Rooms with a View is effervescent, it's bubbly, it's a little bit chaotic, and then it's all part of the creative process. And it's intoxicating, it's wild, it's beautiful and joyful, and it's thought-provoking. And it got me thinking, what is all of this about? Art, design, the countless hours spent that goes into creating something like this, what's it about? Why are we called? and compelled to create? Where does that spark come from? And then how in the world do we get from that inspiration to fruition? What power, what discipline spurs us onward from idea to something tangible, real, capable of being shared? And where is God in that creative process? To answer those questions, I typically turn to scripture. And so before you, in your bulletins, you have the very first verses of the Bible. Genesis 1, the biblical account of creation. Now, this is not a creation story that we need to take literally. The earth was probably not created in seven literal days. But it is a story that we can take truthfully, meaning that there's something true about nature, expression, and the creative process which is revealed in its lines. There's a very intentional structure to this story, and I want us to read it as a community very intentionally, like a meditation, something like Lectio Divina. So here's what we'll do. I will read the scripture, and just to make sure you're paying attention, I want you to read out loud each verse that is bolded in your bulletin. It tells us just how good God saw creation. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, very good. And God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together, God called the seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruits bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. 
The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humanity in our own image after our own likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And then in a letter from the early church, we receive this affirmation that will guide our reading of this verse. And we'll say it all together. We love because God first loved us. May the Lord bless our understanding, our living, and our embodying of these words of eternal life. So how does this ancient, evolutionary incorrect, ultimately beautiful and poetic account of creation help answer the questions of creation? How do we see God acting? Well, first... Let's start from the beginning. We notice it takes a really long time. We just read that entire scripture, and it took a while. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened out of darkness. In the beginning, we learned that God is not afraid of chaos. God's not afraid of emptiness. In the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and still, God was there. But then, something happened. One of the great theological quandaries of our time, something Martin Heidegger called the fundamental question of metaphysics, is why is there something rather than nothing? Why did something happen billion of years ago to create a chain of events in which you find yourself here, in this pew, now? 
And as much as I wish that we could answer that question in 20 minutes today, I cannot, and you don't want me to. But what I can help answer is why and how some of these things have happened in the life of our community, in the hearts and minds and spirits of our neighbors and friends who occupy these pews. And so a few weeks ago, knowing that this church would be a center of arts and culture today, and knowing that our community is brimming with artists of all kinds, I put out a call for art, a call for conversation about art. And if this all goes well, we will be able to see, nope, not that one. Well, <laughs> so close. We'll be able to see. It's also found in your bulletin a number of different artists that you'll see. And so at some point, hopefully, or in your bulletin, you'll see the results of some of these conversations that we got to have. You'll see work by artists in our community. And even without telling the stories behind these works of art, I think you'll learn about these artists, about the beloved children of God that they are, because each one of them shares a little flash of wisdom, a flash of wisdom about why something happened instead of nothing for them, why they create and where they see God in their creative process. Flashes and moments which, when placed together on a wall in an exhibit, create a narrative, conduct a symphony, reveal God at work in many ways at once. So, for some, art comes like a strike of lightning. Take Perry Spate who sitting in a church on Sunday morning heard a word in a sermon that startled him, that awoke him and inspired him to write songs that we have heard in our church, such as the benediction response piece, songs that many of us know and love. That same kind of inspiration struck his friend and collaborator, the lyricist and poet Hank Greer, who wrote lyrics alongside Perry in many collaborations through songs like A Window to My Soul and songs that redub classic tunes like There's No One Like Elaine. <laughs> Inspiration also struck Melissa Ogunchui one day. Melissa is a painter whose abstract work seems to capture not only the likeness of its subject, but the aura, the energy, the presence. She's known to gift portraits that say, I see you not just how you present yourself to the world, but how your spirit presents itself. But beyond her painting, Melissa is a poet whom inspiration struck one day when she was very young on a train, where she penned a beautiful poem that, God called, that calls God the ultimate artist, the artist who breathed all of creation, you and me and everything. And she writes, the heart of creation beats the artist's name inspiration out of the blue on a Sunday morning or a train. And then there was light, something out of nothing. For others, art is a discipline, a promise, something with routine and structure, something which much like a prayer or meditation practice builds and holds the rhythms of life. Take Eleanor Biggs, for example. Eleanor writes a poem every single day a love poem every day. And some days, when the wildness of the world or the many other projects she undertakes take over and she doesn't get to her poem, she writes it in the middle of the night. But you know what? She writes that poem. And you'll see her poem, Imagination, in the bulletin and behind me. And to me, it speaks to the faith at the center of the creative process, the willingness to be transported 
to leave reality behind and to expand vast horizons. We have to trust ourselves, trust our God, trust our imagination to do that. It's a supreme act of both faith and discipline like a prayer. And there's also our own Pam Poling, church secretary extraordinaire and somewhat how, who no one on the church can quite figure out how at the end of the long days she spends working, making this church run as smoothly as she does, finds the time to quilt. And not just quilt, but make her own dyes out of things that she scavenges or grows or saves from food waste. She grows indigo for blues, marigolds for yellows and greens. Woad, she finds avocado pits and makes dyes out of them, black walnuts, mulberries, and more. And she takes these ingredients from the earth and she combines them with fabrics that mean something to her. Communion cloths of those she loves, beloved old shirts. And she constructs beautiful quilts as gifts or as art or as statements of values she holds dearly where every detail matters. For example, the quilt in your bulletin can also be found in the church office, and I hope you'll go and see it. It's called Keep the Conversation Going, and it was inspired by the notion that we should construct longer tables rather than higher walls. The stitching, which Pam does contemplatively, prayerfully, careful to put the right energy into each stitch, is done by hand each night. And in this quilt, it shows circles expanding outward, overlapping, encountering one another, and multiplying like conversations at a table. It's about community, communion, the essence of our faith. For many, art also brings healing, hope in times when community is everything. Jeffrey Earls uses his art as ministry. He didn't discover he was an artist until just a few years ago. And then everything changed. His art, his sobriety, his faith, and his dedication to this community and to nonprofit leadership is all intertwined in works which use color to tell a story, and they're striking. Or Shannon Doyle, who began painting recently after her mother died. She hadn't picked a brush up since high school, and now art is helping her heal and grieve. A gift. Or Karen McDonald one of our regular Beatitude quilters who constructed the quilt Worry and Wait when her beloved Gino was in the hospital. Busy hands, prayerful, clear mind. For some, art is a career, a calling, so wrapped in, up in the fabric of their lives that it was hard to tell the story apart from the art. Take Anne Shaw, who taught high school art for years and who paints beautifully intimate portraits of a life through simple domestic scenes like this kitchen sink that transformed the audience. Or Enid Hatton, who in addition to being a medical artist and creating art that literally saved lives by being used as references in medical procedures, is also a fine artist. She's been commissioned by the United States government, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, to paint for the greater good. When Hurricane Katrina devastated communities in New Orleans, Enid was sent out with a mission to capture the scene of these communities and the work that was being done to reconstruct them. She has a painting in the Pentagon. And this is her calling in life, and she wants children to know that with discipline, it can be theirs too. And for so many, 
all of those. Art is a celebration of life, of nature, of God's expression. Ginny Moffat thanks God each day for the glory she sees in life and in raindrops, and for the feeling of infinity we feel when looking at the ocean. Beth Santa thanks God for her children, the best part of her day, and beautiful poetry. And Bill Van Olefen, well, he shares that Jesus came to him and told him on his darkest day to go on, to continue, that even living with incredible chronic pain, the gift is life. He uses photography to show the gift that is every day, every scene, every particularity of God's vision. These are the stories of our church and our community, and they're not even all of them. There are so many more, so many more works of art that I know you have, that I know our community members have. So tell me, why is there something rather than nothing? There's so many ways to answer that question, but I think there's one very simple one, one that you all said six times when you read that ancient poetic scripture. Because it's good. It's good. It's good to be together. It's good to learn about each other. It is good to appreciate beauty. Looking around us, there's so much darkness so much chaos that it often resembles the first day of creation, but God is no stranger to that formlessness, to that lostness, and God did not leave the story there. God said, let us create, and God said, let us create something good, and the result is all around us, but more importantly, the result is in us. As that scripture tells us, God said, let us create humanity in our own image. You'll notice our own image. This is a God that uses we pronouns in God's self-declarations because it is a God who is not singular, who is not found in one character, one type of person, but a God who is multitudinous and multiple. We're not all the same. We don't look the same, we don't feel the same way, we don't experience the world the same way or express ourselves in the same mediums. But we, all of us, are made in the image of God. We, all of us, are works of art through which God is expressing God's self. And so we, all of us, can learn about God not just through the traditional routes, scripture, church, these things we love and honor in our tradition, but through each other, through seeing each one of our neighbors as an expression of the divine that they are. You don't have to be an artist to express this kind of divinity. If we're made in the image of God, if we are made good by virtue of who we are and not what we do, then our lives are our highest art. And sharing them beautifully, vulnerably, that's our ministry. By sharing our lives, we share God with one another. And so, if there's any takeaway from this wildly beautiful weekend, it's that one good way of showing God's love is through art. It's that we create because we are created. We are creative because we are created in God's image, and that is our inheritance. And God has looked upon us, each one of us, all of creation, all of nature, and said, it is good, you are good and it's good to be here with all of you.
Amen.